Hello listeners and welcome to a Montel Weekly Special. Joining me, Richard Sverson, is Chris Peters, the CEO of Belgian TSO, Elia. We are outside at the Event Horizon Conference in Berlin. Elia has been quite involved in, in, in blockchain and is currently very involved in it. So could you tell me a little bit about your involvement and why is blockchain important for, for, for the TSO like your, yourselves, one of Europe's largest TSOs? Elia has developed a digital vision already a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And part of that digital vision, we took the opportunity uh, two years ago to join the Energy Web Foundation, who was developing at that point of time a blockchain that could be public for the whole sector. And so we thought this is interesting because this is new technology. It uh, reinforces us on a number of capabilities that we don't typically have inside of a TSO that we get access to. And secondly, we can do real testing on how we use this for real products. So not only to have the theory about blockchain, but also about how can we make this make this a reality mm. and so based on that we developed a pilot project in which we really are using it now to try to see if we can activate very granular flexibility and settle it mm. in, in, in a very efficient way mm. that is a relatively successful pilot project that we've done in which still a couple of things need to be further let's say clarified before we can scale it up mm. but it's really for us the way to go because we see that the world is changing from, in the energy sector at least, from a world that is full of large entities producing energy that you can easily steer mm. to an environment where you have bulk renewables coming in and that you need to have some flexible demand that you can activate easily on the other side. Mm. And that is something where we want to be a first mover to make sure that we are ready for that change coming to us. But how does that, I mean, because a lot of this distributed energy is decentralized energy, uh, where does that, isn't this more of a role for the DSO? rather than the TSO. I would completely disagree with that. Of okay. course, uh, TSO yep. for something, <laughs> but I will explain you as well why. Because what you see today in the market is that you see many successful pilots happening all over the place. Yeah, mm-hmm. If you uh, start to scratch around a little bit, then you see that on many places people do pilots at the scale of 15 households, 30 cars, this kind of level mm. of thing. Mm. But if you start to think about it in the larger system, at one point of time you need to be able to do these things at scales of the millions. Mm. And when you touch the scale of the millions, you, start, you, you touch as well the equilibrium of the system. And yeah. that's where TSOs are sitting. And mm. so if we are not involved today, mm. you will hit a, a wall very soon at the moment you start to scale. And so to make sure that those pilots become scalable, mm. we need to make sure that we are early involved that we can link this flexibility the flexibility of the system as a whole and not mm. only to something which is marginal as as such mm. so so successful products need to be able to be scaled and therefore you need to link it to the to the broader system which is in the hands of the TSOs and do you then work closely with the DSOs with this as well? I mean, obviously, that's you, that goes without saying. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. what you see happening is that by digitalize, uh, digitalizing the system, that the system becomes much closer DSOs and TSOs together. Mm. At the DSO side, you see that they have built a grid which was ne- never built to have this solar PV at that mm. intensity. It was never built to charge so many electrical cars at the mm. same moment. So mm. they have as well system problems coming to them soon. Mm. And to make sure that they can handle that, the system needs at the same time look at those local congestion Mm. issues that you have and at the other side make sure that you keep that equilibrium Mm. we think that if you do that by going through blockchain artificial intelligence and and digitalization of the system you can reduce 
drastically the investment cost that is needed to upgrade the grid because a lot of, of that can be solved just by having this digital technology working in the right way. So that the current infrastructure just a more smarter way of using yes. it, if you like. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still will have to do some investments, of course, because the change is so, so big. And so we are building that infrastructure. Mm. But if you only would build that infrastructure in the old way of looking at things, you would have built a massive amount of new infrastructure people are not willing uh, willing to pay for that people are not willing to have that in their backyard mm. and so digital blockchain are the elements that we need to integrate to mm. make sure that our assets are sweating the most they can mm. so that we deliver the service to clients in the way that it needs to be delivered. Absolutely. So you mentioned a lot of prototypes and pilot projects. We see a lot of these in the blockchain space but very few of them have actually seen the commercial light of day. I mean, what will it take to, to push these? I mean, you, you have your, your own prototype. Uh, you mentioned other pilots out there. I mean, what will it take to, to make these commercially viable? We are not that far away from commercial viable products today. Mm. We're maybe, let's say, two years from, from, from commercial viable products as, uh, as we speak. And I think this is quite normal that if you see the level of testing that we still had to do at a technical level that you're mm. not yet ready to make some some of these products at a commercial level but if mm. you see where we stand in terms of of, of technical readiness mm. i would say two years from now you would you, you would start to see real commercial products on the market that mm. are let's say beneficial for all these startups interesting i mean as a tso you're responsible of course for security of supply if the lights go out fingers point in your direction would it be fair to say that in some cases the tso slows down the development because it's an inherently conservative business as you as you mentioned on on the panel you seem to be an expert in having uh, statements on which i fully disagree <laughs> perfect i think that, that, that that's that, that's what we're here for yeah. so uh, uh no i don't think so look at Ilia in belgium Ilia in belgium is one of the tso's which is most challenged by just keeping the lights on if you on the other side see where does Ilia stand in terms of integrating flexibility, we started at the higher level, so the industrial flexibility, we're mm. probably the, the, the one of the top players in the world. We have a lot of aggregators that started mm. their life in Belgium mm. with the kind of products that we developed. If you see now these days in looking at the lower voltage levels and, 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 and integrating that flexibility, we launched last year again a project where we are setting the mark for everybody else. So. Mm. Actually, by being challenged by keeping the lights on in the way we are challenging that, actually it drives us to actually move much, much faster than anybody else mm. to make these things happen. Mm. That's absolutely fair enough. So, in fact, you're a driver rather than and, and, and then a brake on, on this kind of progress because of your big Yeah, situation. I mean, our, our opinion is really the faster this can develop, the better. Of mm. course, it needs to be technically sound. Yeah, mm. We're not willing to have that things get scaled up and that they are not sound and that we then have something which we cannot control. We want mm. to make sure that the system role that we have in keeping the lights on that we can do that in a professional way mm. but for the rest the more early flexibility can become commercially viable the better for us mm. so we really develop these days ecosystems where players come in mm. try to find good commercial products are able to monetize them and so that we in return get the flexibility back to balance the system absolutely you touched on the difficulty of balancing the belgian grid challenges that involves there have been a few supply issues in belgium with uh, some winters with a, a number of the nuclear plants offline are you confident that these this this will be resolved in the future that we won't see these problems reappear 
we will issue again a report on that situation because it is a very difficult and critical situation. Uh, Belgium has decided already in 2003 to uh, phase out nuclear by 2025, which is actually tomorrow if you look in terms of such a size of capacity that, you, that you're phasing out. And what we see is that we are not yet fully ready to face that challenge. Mm. And so we issue a report where again, mm. we, 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 we repeat or call to action that we did already a couple of years ago, where we say a couple of things have maybe evolved in a positive way, but mm. we're not yet there to be fully ready Ready. And so we urge the political world to take mm. decisions necessary to mm. uh, keep the lights on after 2025. Mm. There was a recently uh, a top level meeting between uh, the heads of state or the ministers of Belgium and Germany. And uh, one of the major issues in the region is these loop flows that come from renewables, specifically in northern Germany. Has this been resolved? This issue? Well, it has not been resolved. But what Ilya has done meanwhile is, as you know, we are a group which is present in both sides of the market. Right? With 50 sure. hertz, we are present in Germany. And we launched a internal think tank about what is the best way to think about the European integrated market. Mm. That will issue a report by November this year on what are possible ways that the challenges of the future with more and more offshore wind in feet in the north, which basically is the one that is driving the congestion mm. that we see on the market and the loop flows that we have to, to, to some extent. Mm. How can we make the market model evolve so that we don't have these kind of issues? And again, as, a, as what I said in the beginning, that the mm assets sweat as much as they can mm. and that they deliver the best value to society mm. by maximizing the welfare. A few weeks ago there was an incident on EPEC spot, an IT failure which saw prices spike and then come down in the second auction. What's your view on, on what happened here? Um, At that point of time there was a software mistake that made the interconnection capacity not not available in the way it should have been in a, in a normal uh, flow-based market integration. And as a consequence, of course, if you have that combined with quite high wind in feed in some of those markets, mm. then people don't get rid of their of their uh, renewable energy in mm. a reasonable way. And then you have next to that still a couple of uh, must-run nuclear plants or coal plants that are running into the system. And that is what created in the end the situation that we were able to manage again as TSOs in a, in a relatively positive way, but mm. it, it shows as well, of, uh, again, of course, that mm. we can dream about making a big step, but we should do them in a, in a conscious way and that we should make each step robust enough that we mm. can keep the lights on. Yeah. So what have we learned from that incident, do you think? Well, we learned from that incident that, on the one hand, I think an interesting learning would be the opposite. Like, you learn from the fact that something is not functioning, how important it is that it functions. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mm. see that the integration of the European market is key if we want to win this battle against climate change, uh, we really need to make sure that market integration becomes more and more prevalent in the, into the market. And if you look at that, this think tank that we have around better functioning of that market is for us key, so mm. that we further into, in, integrate that. And then, of course, there is another dimension, which is more about how do we make software more reliable, more robust, cybersecurity issues that, uh, mm. of course, pop up as well when you hear these kind of things, privacy issues if you have about functioning yeah. of markets. So a couple of things that we need to have as learnings from this mm. moving forward. I think it shows that the direction is the right one. Mm. It's not an easy one and that we need to make sure that on all of those challenges that we have the right answers. Hopefully it was just a one-off. That's we, what we all hope every time. Eh? Okay, absolutely. Chris, thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly thank you. Podcast. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. And that's all in this week's episode of the Montel Weekly. Starting now, the podcast takes four weeks of a summer break. 
so we can recharge our batteries and come back with even more interesting discussions and interviews with key experts in the energy sector. The Montel Weekly returns on the 2nd of August. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and via the Montel website. Please feel free to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. It really helps others find the show. Thank you to our guests and thank you for listening. Tune in on the 2nd of August. Thank you.